Hey everyone on the Exponential Hub, I'm Jason Bowman with Artspeak Creative, part of the Next Wave team and so honored and privileged to be a part of trying to crack the, the code of the 21st century ministry uh, with author and speaker Steve Pike, church planning guru. I might also add to that title if I'm just uh, being honest, but seriously, Steve, this is episode 12. We've been walking through the 12 not, not, I was about to say the 12 steps, but it's the, it's the 12 shifts uh, of the next wave ministry from your book. It's been such a fantastic journey. Many of you that are logging in right now have been a part of that. And uh, so, you know, uh, we are with, a, we have a special guest. He's going to introduce Curtis in just a second. Uh, but I always want to invite you throughout this hour to drop any questions, any thoughts, any comments into the chat right here on the hub. And then uh, we'll, we'll get those and we will get to them. We have been able to so far. We are 11 for 11 and we have gotten to every single question. So would love to have your interaction. Uh, Steve, you wrote about uh, some spirit dependence in chapter 12. We have a lot of practical tools. Uh, we'll share links throughout this for more practical tools. But you end with a chapter on reactivating spirit dependence. Is it kind of a bet, save the best for last thing, or is it just kind of like, oh yeah, we better mention uh, the spirit before this book wraps up? Yeah, that's that's a fair question, and and maybe it's save the best for last. I mean, everything. If you think about it, everything we've been talking about, you know, making disciples, uh, uh, defining the church, building teams, the funding thing, all that stuff kind of kind of leads really to this point because if, if you get everything right that we've talked about for the 11 shifts and you don't reactivate spirit dependency, uh, it, it isn't going to be the church. Whatever you're doing is going to be something that's not the church because Jesus is the one building the church and the spirit is the one who activates us and moves us to join Jesus in what he's doing. So yeah, this is, this is really what ties it all together. Come on. Well, you got it. We've got a special guest with us. Tell tell, yeah. uh, tell, let's tell the world about Curtis. Yeah, well, before I introduce Curtis, let me just let me just kind of explain the shift because I think people it's so important. I think one of the things that happened in the 20th century church was um, following the Spirit, the devotional life, being in touch with God in a personal way, kind of became a duty that we do because we're Christians. And and what I mean by that is it's like we just felt like, okay, I know good Christians read the Bible and pray and journal and do all the stuff, all the spiritual disciplines. And that sort of became a duty that you do. And here's why I think that happened. I think because we drifted away from being on mission with Jesus. Because what I have found in my own personal life, when I am, when I'm not active in ministry in, in joining Jesus on His mission to seek and save that which is lost, um, that's when spiritual dependency or spirit dependency becomes kind of a duty to me. It's just something I do because I know I'm supposed to. But man, when I get out there and I am engaging with Jesus in mission, it's not a duty anymore. It's 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 a desperation. I mean, I I've got to have the empowerment of the spirit to be able to do what I'm doing, and so that's what this this chapter is about. And you know, when I was thinking about who do we need to talk to that has been journeying in this and learned some some uh, lessons from the school of hard knocks and some great lessons, my friend Curtis Parks came to mind. And Curtis, way back in the day, now he's he's he looks young, but he's he's getting up there. Uh, back in the day, he was a contestant on uh, uh, American Idol, so he stood on that stage. Um, is that I'm right about that, right, Curtis? 
Yeah, yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day. I didn't know and, you were bringing that one up. Well, you know, that's just that's the that's the candy, that's the sparkly stuff that people like to hear about. But I, I think that's part of the story because you know that that whole journey, you were headed on a path, and American Idol and everything that was, and so to me, part of your story and part of you know spirit dependency in your personal life is is figuring out what to do with, with that journey. And, 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 you know, so you went from, you know, American Idol, Idol, you kind of went through a spiritual, we'll talk more about that. I want you to tell the details, but I just want to kind of let people know who they're hearing from today. You became the worship leader at National Community Church with our friend, Mark Batterson. And I mean, you were like the the main worship leader for this, this growing multi-campus church. You had like multiple groups. I mean, you were like, you got serious street cred in the worship. I mean, you go around and you were doing worship seminars all over the place. You were kind of like one of the one of the leading stars in the worship. So you go from American Idol to destroying the idols uh, through worship, <laughs> and then and then God comes steps in and says, "I want you to go to Nashville and start a church from scratch." So you leave this great situation you had, which many people would just cut off one of their arms to be able to be the worship leader at National Community Church. And you you start over from scratch in Nashville. Um, and so that's your story. So, uh, I mean, that's my very short uh, version of your story. So, what I'd love you to do is just is just tell it from your perspective and and include you know start just because I think this is all part of the spirit dependency thing. You've learned how to be spirit dependent um, through sometimes not being spirit dependent. <laughs> yeah. And so why don't you just talk about that? How how did you yeah. uh, give us your story? Yeah, I mean you know I mean even with the church planning thing, it really goes all the way back to being a thirteen year old kid. My dad was uh, he got out of the military, went into ministry. And he planted a church in Roanoke, Virginia, of all places. He didn't know anybody there. Uh, He was just, for some reason, drawn in his spirit to Roanoke, Virginia. And uh, so we we moved there. And, you know, it's interesting. I asked my dad uh, when we were moving back to Nashville to plant. I said, Dad, like, how did you do it? There were no exponential seminars back then. There was no church planting, you know, uh, cohorts and all that stuff. Like, how did you do it? And he told me a phrase I'll never forget. He said, you know, I, I just, I, I prayed when we first got to Roanoke. I said, God, how do I do this? And he felt that still small voice of the spirit whisper, just do what I put in your heart and everything will be okay. Mm. And, and I think that's really where my spiritual dependency, it's a legacy of my dad. I can remember my dad waking us up at 630 in the morning before school. My brother would be in his sleeping bag on the couch. I would be half asleep and we would just pray in the spirit and we would pray as a family and just say, God, what is it that you want to do today? And can we come do it with you? Like illuminate our hearts, illuminate our eyes to see the way that you do. And it all comes into spiritual dependency because the Holy Spirit is the game changer, right? Like, you know, we, we know the story at Acts and the Holy Spirit was unleashed on all people. And before that, it was just certain people, certain times for certain purposes, but the Holy Spirit is the change agent in our lives. It is the guiding truth that we have. It's the, 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 the part of God that's within us. You know, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so it really goes back to being a 13-year-old kid and helping my dad plant. And, um, you know, I started leading worship at 14. I think my dad realized he could get free labor if he 
you know, get, got his son piano lessons. And so, and so basically I started leading worship at 14. I still pray for those early congregations because it was all uh, out of tune pianos and power chords on a beat up electric guitar. Um, but that's really where I cut my teeth. And then, uh, yeah, throughout college, I always had my, my foot one world in the rock star wannabe, one, one world in leading worship. And of course, after college, like you said, I tried out for American Idol and that kind of fueled me for this just obsession with making it and music. And my wife and I, you know, in 2005, we first moved to Nashville and uh, I signed a record deal. And, um, and it was one of those record deals that you hear about just awful scenario. But, you know, I'm a bright eyed, bushy tailed kid out of college. And so I took it and uh, we ended up just playing the most beat up clubs in America, sleeping in our van, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, couch surfing. Like it, it sounds rock star, but it was really awful, man. <laughs> if I could just go back and do it again, I'd teach myself some lessons. But, you know, all of those experiences would one day play into a factor of what we're now doing, pastoring young musicians and speaking into artists and creatives and whatnot. But yeah, you know, when it comes to hearing the voice of God and, and discerning his will, um, you know, there's a moment where I was laying down my band. This is 2009. I was laying down my rock band and following the call to lead worship, which would take me to DC with a uh, national community. But in that season of laying down my desires and picking up God's desires, I had a phone call from a national television show. And they said, hey, we've seen your band's videos on YouTube. We want to have you guys on the show. I know we present it like you have to audition, but you guys are in if you want. And it was it was one of these moments where, number one, I realized a lot of reality TV is fixed, right? But number two, it was like, this is everything I've ever worked for. They're promising us fame, money, success. But it was one of the first times in my life, Steve, where I felt this uneasiness in my spirit and I paid attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I always just challenge people like, who's the loudest voice in your life? Is it the voice of culture? Is it the voice of your personal desires? Or is it the voice of the Holy Spirit? And so I remember getting on a phone call with the producers of this television show. And I said, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but there's this thing called the Holy Spirit. And he lives inside of every believer and the Holy Spirit is just whispering to me that I can't take this path. And the other line was like completely silent for five seconds. And they said, well, we think you're crazy, but best of luck, you know, like, and immediately after the phone hung up, I was like, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Um, but I tell you in the next month, Steve, like four Christian labels reached out and said, Hey, we want to sign you and do an album. And, and, and I didn't take any of those, but it was just, a confirmation that God was like, look, when my desires become your desires, we can do some work together. And, um, and it took a lot of mistakes and trial and error. Um, but yeah, just throughout, I mean, that was like 2009. So if you fast forward, you know, seven years as a worship pastor, a campus pastor, um, really learning that I, I lead people, not songs, you know, songs are the avenue. Um, and so just this desire to connect with people, really has led me to what we're doing now. We, we planted Bridges Nashville uh, in 2018, um, you know, three years plus a pandemic. I think you count those as dog years. Uh, so, you know, we, we've been pastoring for 40 years, Steve. Um, but, uh, but listen, man, I, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else with anyone else in any other place. Um, it's been the hardest 18 months of my life. Uh, but man, my marriage is 
the best it's ever been. We're seeing our kids um, just follow Jesus. Uh, I got to baptize my daughter this summer. And um, I mean, man, what more can you ask for? It, it's extremely tough, but I think when you have that spirit dependency uh, and you trust, right, it comes down to trust. When you trust in the Lord, like it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and you don't lean on your own understanding and, and all that stuff, you can really follow him. And, and that's what makes it an adventure, man. So, so good. Uh, yeah. So good. Hey, I just, uh, I don't want to interrupt because I think everything you guys are saying is so foundational, right? To life, to ministry. Uh, so, so good. But I do want to welcome all of those that have jumped in uh, in the last 10 minutes or so as we're, we're live on the Exponential Hub right now. And we're so glad to have you a part of this conversation. We're in episode 12, whether this is your first time tuning in, we are trying to crack the code of 21st century ministry. Uh, we don't think we have a monopoly on that, but uh, we are uh, talking with author and church planter Steve Pike. Uh, we're talking with Curtis Parks, musician. You've got some songs out there. They're worship songs. They're fantastic. You can, I think we'll drop it in the uh, link in the chat here as, we, as we've talked about your music career and the foundations of it. But if you go and search on any of the music platforms for Curtis Parks, The Presence of God, you're going to find him. I think, again, we'll have a link for you in the chat. If you have any questions, we're talking about just reactivating spirit dependency as a foundational principle for church ministry. Steve, you outlined so many fantastic shifts, mindsets that need to change out of the 20th century into the 21st. There has been a lot of mindset shifting when it comes to spirit dependency over the last hundred years. hundred, you rewind 100 years ago, uh, the, you know, the, those uh, that have any, those that are watching and many of us have been influenced by or have experienced or are signed up for hands raised, both of them, because they're charismatic and Pentecostal, right? So, uh, but 20, but a hundred years ago, right at the beginning of this last of the last century, that was kind of a new thing, but then that became a prominent thing. And now I love what you said, Steve, and I'd love for both of you to kind of unpack this as we talk more about your church plant experience, Curtis, Steve, you, uh, you mentioned when there's not mission, when you're not on mission, then the spiritual disciplines become a duty. Uh, but when you're on mission, then you're of you're dependent on the spirit to to lead us and and Curtis you so eloquently talked about your story and and the influence of your dad and church planting and just that desire and now some testimonies of leaving leaving one path to follow and trust God in another and I thought I thought we said like the what is the loudest voice in your life so I'd love for the you know on mission. And hearing God loudly, uh, you know, I'm I'm always like, wait, man, if he wasn't invisible, I think this would be a lot easier to follow him. But he's so invisible. Like, what? Like, can you speak up a little bit, Lord? I'd love to hear you guys unpack. Okay, how do we how do we stay on mission? How do we hear him? How do we continue to cultivate that spirit dependency? And if anyone else is watching live, and you've got a question or a thought, drop it in the chat. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jason. Great great insights there. And yeah, that's what we're talking about today. It's um, so, so I want to Curtis just to so many of the people watching, I mean, this is exponential. So there are people that are either in the process of planning a church or thinking about planning the church. And what I'd love for you to do to sort of put some, uh, some flesh on the bones, Jason just sort of laid it out there and said, you know, you, know, you got to have spirit, you got to be dependent on the spirit. But let's talk about your journey with starting bridges, because, yeah. you know, prior to this, I mean, 
I, I know it wasn't an easy thing to be the worship leader at, at National Community Church, but you know, starting a church from scratch in a in a new place, even though you'd lived in Nashville before, but you know, really Nashville's changing pretty fast. So um, it's like a, a river anyway. So just talk about that whole process. You know, your process. What and 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 share along the way how the Spirit has kind of guided you, just so people can start to get a sense of some of the practical things you're doing to cultivate spirit dependency in your life in the process of starting a church. So let's just talk about the story of Bridges. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to like starting Bridges and how we felt called, you know, it was interesting. I had been at National for seven years, uh, campus pastor, worship pastor, then overall eight campuses, worship teams, and I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, that's a that's a job that you don't leave. Right. That's the job that if you're a worship leader, you get there and you're like, all right, let's let's just plant roots here and stay here for the next 30 years. So it could only be the voice of God that would draw you out of that. It would only be the Holy Spirit that would be like, "Ah, I think I've got something else for you. And and one just practical thing I'll just throw out here is that uh, my prayer life, the 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 depth of my prayer life will always first and foremost, reflect how deep my pastoring is, how deep my love is, how deep everything else is. Why? Because like every fruit of the spirit, like we, we pray for more love, we pray for more joy, we pray for more faithfulness and all of these fruits. But what we really need is more of the Holy Spirit. Like, why would you go after more apples when you can get more apple trees? You know, like, and so I think all of this really comes down to just a relationship with the Holy Spirit to hear the voice of God, to, to understand the difference between a distraction and an opportunity. What's the difference between like, this looks like an open door, but maybe God's like, ah, no, it's actually a closed door. And, and so I think all of that comes down to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and depending on uh, the Holy Spirit. And so I would just encourage everybody, look, your prayer life needs to reflect your passion to hear from God. And, and hearing from God isn't doing all the talking. You know, there's, there's moments where I'll be in prayer or meditation and I just, I'm like, God, I need to hear your voice. I need the Holy Spirit. And so those are going to be moments where I'm not doing the talking, I'm listening. And so I think, you know, having that rhythm and having that, um, you know, practice in your life where like we always say at Bridges, we say, you know, practice the presence of God. That's a big uh, Pentecostal phrase, I think. But, you know, the presence of God is, is is everything, you know, like the world doesn't need another church or band or great pastor. We need to be aware of the presence of God, because when we're aware of his presence and how he's at work, um, that's how our lives look different. That's how our neighborhoods look different. And so every morning, pr- practically speaking, every morning when I wake up, the first thing that I grab is not my phone or uh, I don't turn on TV. I go out on my back deck and I put my AirPods on, listen to some instrumental music, and I just pray. I pray uh, in the spirit. I pray in uh my, my natural language. So, so for those who are of a charismatic background or Pentecostal, that we, we may need to unpack that a little bit for, for those outside of that uh, background. But, you know, I just believe in when you, when you pray, uh, you need to have times where you talk and you listen. And so my mornings are sacred. Like my kids know like, Hey, dad's out there. Uh, let's let him have his time. Cause if I am spending that morning in prayer and, and just fellowship with the Lord, everything else looks different. So I would say at the beginning of your day, you know, there's a reason that Jesus withdrew early in the morning and got alone with God. And so have that rhythm. And then after that, I go on a walk on my neighborhood, put on the Bible app and, you know, God speaks through scripture. God speaks through silence. 
Um, and so I just, I'm a big fan of like putting in rhythms in your life that are just consistency because I think um, consistency builds up character. And so when you, when you can do those things every single day, it's like, it's not a shock when God talks, like if, if you've been spending time with him and he speaks, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, that makes sense. You know, like he says that he will respond. And, and, you know, we know, obviously as we listen to scripture or, or read scripture every single day, Hebrews four twelve is his word is living and active. So having those as practices uh, has led to moments where I'll leave national community church to go and do this crazy church planning thing. Yeah. And everybody, everybody's like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, it's what the Lord told me to do. Yeah. And obviously like you need to bounce things off with wisdom and counsel. And so when things begin to get confirmed by three or four people that you look to as spiritual fathers and mentors in your life, plus the word of the Holy spirit, I mean, yeah. all you need is the word of the spirit, but sometimes to discern that it helps with wisdom and counsel. And so Maybe that was rambling. I don't know, but that's well, the only reason. That's the only reason I would leave a great yeah. setup like NCC to plant in in Nashville, which is like yeah. people have called it the church planting graveyard because it's like we've got great churches, we got big churches, churches you hear on the radio. Like we don't need any more. But I think when God gives you a unique vision, like He's given us, it's like, well, we're not trying to be what everybody else is. We're, we're following the Holy Spirit, and this is what He's told us to do. And, uh, yeah. and then you just find people that that resonates with, you know, because all of us, you know, you talked about mission and I think mission goes with vision and all of us want to like, we, we want to be on mission for the Lord, but it's so easy to like get the books and get the conferences and then just go out and do what everybody else is doing. Right. But God gives us unique callings and unique um, vision. And right now, I mean, Steve, you know, this as you're coaching church planners, like there are some amazing things in the church planning world. Like I've never even thought of. And now people are like, I mean, I was just with a, a, a church planning team out in Seattle and they're, they're starting a television show. Uh, it's just, that's how their church is going to be called. It's called the table. And it's, it's really cool. And yeah. then you got house church movements like ours. You've got dinner church movements. You've got yeah. uh, churches that meet in the park, churches that meet every Sunday, churches that meet on Friday nights. I mean, it's like, man, yeah. follow the Lord where he leads and he'll yeah. give you something for sure. All right, so let me let me just. Uh, um, well, I, I, I think Jason wants to say something. I can tell by the look on his face. So, do, oh, he's and he's muted. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to welcome everybody again to the hub. And if you're just jumping in, you have a question. Um, I, I have two in my head right now, Steve. But I'll let you get to yours first. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys are laying down a great foundation for spirit dependence, reactivating that. Uh, in 21st century ministry that we can't move past it. In fact, it's very, very foundational to your personal life, to ministry life. If you have questions about how that plays out, I do think, Steve, you may be going towards the uh, how you specifically, Curtis, have been led yeah. uh, to create the, something a little bit different at the Bridges. Yeah. So, Steve, I'll just let you ask your question. Yeah. So let me just sort of, yeah, Curtis, that was awesome. Just sort of sharing a narrative, your narrative experience. And I think what I'm pulling out are a couple of principles that are universal. One of them being, you said, consistency builds character. Um, and so being consistent, like specifically setting aside a time every day, possibly early in the day, but, you know, like Daniel prayed three times a day. Um, so I don't know if, I mean, I do, I do think, early, you know, Jesus, it does talk about him in the morning, but then talked about him praying all night too, you know? So, so I think the point is that you, what you're saying is, um, in the midst, I think one of the things that happens with church planning is 
just you just feel overwhelmed by oh my goodness there's just so many things i need to be doing and it's easy to just give in to the tyranny of the urgent and feel this sense of desperation and and feel like i ah, today i just don't have time to pray because i've got so many things i need to do and before you know it you're not you're not listening to, you're not talking to god you're not listening to god and like i said earlier you're not you're not really planning the church if if you're not involved so so number one thing i heard you say is be consistent, set aside a time. Um, but the, the, you're, you're one of the things that uh, I think I'd love for you to, and this might be kind of like asking a bird to tell you how they fly. <laughs> so I don't know if, if, if you can even answer this question, but you talk about listening to the spirit, like God spoke to me. I know that's a common phrase people use, for some people, they're like, man, I don't, I don't know. So can you just talk about what that actually means to you? Like, how do you know when God is talking to you? And maybe give an example. Maybe it was like you said, leaving NCC, you knew like this is what you're supposed to do because God told you. But how did you know this was God? What what are yeah. some of the factors that go into that? Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm glad you asked that because, I mean, we've all had experiences too, where I, I remember being 12 years old and this guy in my dad's church was like, the Lord told me your son is supposed to marry my daughter. And, and I was like, no, I've never even talked to her. Like, okay, that's Looney bin. Like, okay. But I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, hearing the voice of the Lord, I mean, first and foremost, God is supernatural. I think we've lost an awe for the supernatural. Like we try to explain everything. We're trying to like, you know, and, and there's been times, Steve, where God has spoken to me in dreams. Like, and I, I was literally just sharing this story. Like I had a dream, this is back in 2009, that I was leading worship at a church that I hadn't been to in like five years. And at this time, I, I like, a lot of stuff was happening. I woke up to a call from the pastor at that church asking if I could come and lead worship that weekend. And the backstory is like, I, I, I had lost my job here in Nashville. I had my mortgage payment. So I go and I lead worship at the church that weekend. And their, their love offering was my mortgage payment, like almost to the dollar. And so it's like, okay, like that's supernatural. We can't explain that. I can't, you know, and I think when we read the Bible, when we read the book of Acts and we're like, man, wouldn't it be cool if God did that stuff today? Well, here's a newsflash. He does. God is still in the business of the supernatural. God moves in mysterious ways. He does things that are above our ways of understanding and thinking. And he's always been like that. And so I think there's an element of awe and, and just supernatural that we have to lean into when it comes to hearing the voice of God. But on the more like, okay, how do we, how do we walk in this with wisdom and stuff? You know, I think for me, when I was hearing, it was more of a prompting. It was more of a stirring. It was more of a, you know, something in my spirit was like, you got to make a move, Curtis. And so when I, when I literally began to feel like this call of like church, plant church, Church planting, man, I got tongue tied there. Um, it was so wild because like I had never mentioned that to anybody. And I remember like the Holy Spirit and my wife are on the same wavelength, you know? So so for the married people in the room, like always like tune into your spouse because, you know, if the Lord's speaking it to you, you better be speaking it to them too. Yeah. And so I had never mentioned anything about church planting. And I just remember I, I read something on a particular day. I came home, Sarah was in the kitchen. I said, I think I know why, like I had this passion. She had this passion to be in Nashville and we thought it was for music at the time, but I came home and I said, I think I know why we're burdened for Nashville. I said, I think, I think we're supposed to start a church there. 
And she just looks up at me and was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I, kid, I kid you not. Like, like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, let's, let's explore that. And so I was like, okay, there's, there's number one. And then I went into uh, Pastor Mark Batterson's office and I said, you know, I, I, cause I had told him a year before, Hey, I want to be still be the worship director, but be based in Nashville and I can fly back and this and that. And this was before zoom was like a common household name. And, and so maybe it would work now, but he was like, I don't know. And so I remember going into his office after I talked to Sarah, I said, I said, Pastor Mark, I think I know why Nashville has been on my heart. I think we're supposed to plan a church. And he just leans back in his chair and he goes, there it is. And so, and so it's like, okay, two for two. And then out of the blue, I had a couple mentors and coaches call and they just said, are you thinking about planting a church? I was just in my prayer time. I, I, and so all of this stuff and it's like, okay, God, I get it. You're ringing my doorbell. Like, yes. And so it was the prompting that started. It was the stirring from the Holy spirit. You know, it's the still small voice. We read about it, you know, first Kings 19, you know, it wasn't in the earthquake or the fire or the wind. It was the still small voice. So it was like this prompting that I just felt. And then it was confirmed by friends and family and pastors. And, and so I think when you're hearing from the voice of the Lord, all of these come into play. Right. And then just in scripture and in like the randomness of life, like we had people out of nowhere, just bring up Nashville to us. And it was like, okay, we can't escape this. You know what I'm saying? So I think hearing the voice of God, like he knows how you need to hear him. And so he's going to speak to you in a unique way. So I don't want to just give like a formula for it. Right. But, but I think when you're, I always tell, you know, we have a lot of college students at Bridges and they're always asking you about calling and purpose and what am I supposed to do? And I say three things, right? I say prayer, ask God, right? Shocker Uh, community, like whoever you surround yourself with, there's going to be ways and opportunities that you're going to find your vision for your life and your calling by serving someone else's. Mm -hmm. So prayer, community and availability. Cause that's the, that's the biggest thing. If you're not available, if you're like, no, I know that the Lord told me I need to be a pediatrician. And so I'm going to medical school. And then it's like, all of these things come up, come around and they're like, hello, I think, you know, this is a big opportunity. Nope. I'm stuck in this track. If you're not available, right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have the same heart that Samuel had as a young boy, when he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. Um, then you probably won't hear, you know, so yeah. prayer community and availability. Those, those three That's things. Good. That's good. I like it. Prayer, community, and availability. Jason, I, I think we have some questions coming in. Yeah, we've got a question on the hub. And if anybody else is uh, listening in, uh, welcome. Uh, I'm Jason I'm here with author Steve Pike and uh, church planter, musician, uh, spirit uh, follower, Jesus follower, uh, Curtis Parks. Um we got a question about about those disciplines, and I love what you're saying. And and sometimes we all want that big like calling, like give me that one big call. I'll go, I'm I'm here. Go to halfway across the country. Great. Now I know where to go. Uh, but you're, I love how where you started this whole conversation. It's on the little things, right? It's in the daily rhythms, and and so how do you manage that tension between keeping the consistency? This question came in from one of our one of those that are listening live on the hub. How do you manage that tension between keeping that consistency happening in your spiritual practice and things becoming redundant or just, you know, business as usual? How do you keep that, that, that consistency? How do you keep it fresh? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, anything that becomes routine becomes routine, right? And so you start to lose a little bit of that hunger and that drive. And so, I mean, for me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm a worship guy. So, so, Honestly, like music and prayer are so tied into each other as well as meditation. 
And so, you know, for me, it's, it's could be as easy as putting on a different album to worship to or putting on a different instrumental. I'm so into instrumental music right now um, with like uh, when it comes to just prayer and meditation. You know, I think it was Mark Batterson that said uh, change of place plus change of pace equals change of perspective. And so, you know, if things are routine, maybe maybe go somewhere different. You know, like we have a couple uh, hiking trails that, you know, I'll, I'll get up a little bit early and head out to those and just walk a hiking trail and spend time with God or like, like, like Steve said, it doesn't always have to be in the mornings. I mean, there's this really cool ancient practice. I think the uh, Franciscan monks did it and it was like the daily office. That's what they called it. And it was like, like five to seven times throughout the day, they stopped what they were doing and they prayed and they meditated and they got with God. And so I think, you know, I'll try different rhythms in different seasons. You know, sometimes it's a really busy season. And so I'm praying and I'm listening to my Bible app in the car from one meeting to the next, or sometimes it's more of a, a, you know, a chill season. And those are when, Hey family, let's go to the beach. And, you know, I'll get up early and walk on the beach. And so I think to not let things become uh, redundant, um, there's a huge element to like pace and place. Um, And I would just encourage people with that, but also like, man, I'm a, big fan of reading. Like, I mean, obviously like, you know, Steve's book, it was incredible. And I'm always trying to get my hands on books that are like thinking differently. And I just read a, a book not too long ago by an Anglican priest uh, called Liturgy of the Ordinary. You know, that's not something that most charismatics are going to recommend, but man, I, I love that book. And, and the, the uh, is actually a female Anglican priest. And she was just saying, you know, like there are moments throughout the day that we see as ordinary that God sees as supernatural. And so, you know, that just began to help me to see things in a different perspective. So, man, get your hands on some books that are voices that probably people in your camp wouldn't say, hey, you're going to check this book out, but it'll do you a lot of good. Like that'll give you a change of perspective as well. And so, um, man, I don't think if you're if you're following Jesus um, and I, I love uh, I was in Acts 4 earlier today. And, and you know, there's that, that verse where it says, you know, they had seen um, Peter and John and they're like, man, these men had been with Jesus. Remember that passage mm-hmm. being with Jesus on mission, following the Holy spirit should never get redundant. I'm sorry. Like, like there's nothing less boring in the world than following Jesus. And, and sometimes it's exhausting. I mean, like there's more salt in this beard than pepper these days. And I just, I'm just like, you know, it's like, there's always something to do. There's always another level. There's always another uh, dream that he's going to instill in you. And so I think if it's, getting redundant or boring, um, look at, look at your, uh, your rhythms and look at where you're at spiritually. And it's okay to take a season of break. You know, I just, I did a sabbatical uh, off of, uh, Steve's advice this July. I mean, man, if you want to get real, I almost threw in the towel this spring. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I mean, like what is Carrie Newhoff said, 70% of lead pastors have thought about calling it quits this last year. I was one of those 70%, man. I was like, I'm done. I I can't figure this out. I can't see my way ahead. And Steve was like, have you ever taken a sabbatical, <laughs> you know? And so I mean, in 10 years of full-time ministry um, and, and three, four years of church planning, I'd never taken a sabbatical. So we took July off and, and listen, I mean, Sabbath is a, is a, that's another consistent practice that I have. You got to rest. I mean, you talk about spirit dependency, right? You go back to the Exodus story and God was like, Hey, no, don't get manna on this day. It's going to turn rotten. You need to learn to depend on me. And I think the Sabbath is a great way to build that dependency on God. Um, and and I'm just appreciative that, Steve, you, you gave me that advice because I think it it saved my ministry and our church. And 
um, yeah, that was huge. That's great. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great observation. Uh, and it's it, you know it, it when you were on the other side of that, thinking about sabbatical, what was freaking you out and stopping you from doing it was you thought if I leave, this whole thing's going to fall apart. Right. Yeah. And that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> no. So, so, so that's the irony of that. And that's, that's that manna story is like, they might freak out. And some of them did, they said, no, 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 it's going to, and they kept it and it spoiled like God said it would. So, you know, it's like, you've got to trust God and just rest and yeah. trust that it's his church. It's his thing. And that's a part of, yeah, that's absolutely a part of this whole thing of spirit dependency is just saying, I depend on you so much. I realize this thing doesn't depend on me to, to work, you know, the, the church, everything. Jason, I think we have some more questions coming in. Here. Yeah. And before we get to that question, I'm going to ask my questions because. Oh, good. Because I can. I can. I'm, I'm in control of what questions are coming in. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cut in line. Uh, something, you know, you mentioned Sabbath, uh, Steve, you wrote about Sabbath in the chapter on, by the way, by the way, the, the story at the end of the chapter is about Curtis and Sarah. Yes. If you haven't haven't got this, I'll tell you what, you can go today, uh, nextwave.community slash book. Uh, we've also have a great community happening around this book. If you go to nextwave.community slash slash exponential. Uh, There's a free month there that we'd love to have you participate in the community. Check it out. Be a part. Um, I I love this chapter on on reactivating spirit dependence. We've hit so many of the points you wrote about, and you both have mentioned something very unique. Steve, you wrote about it. Curtis, you keep, you've said it at least two times. And I just, I would love to just pick your brain because I don't think it's mentioned very much, especially in the context with being led by the spirit and ministry, and that's loving your spouse. Mm. You, you, Steve, you wrote in a, in a, in a reactivating spiritual dependency, you wrote a paragraph on, Hey, how do you do that? Love your spouse. Curtis, you're talking about listening to God. You're like, love your spouse. Or you said, we just came through a hard season and my marriage is better than ever. Like what else would I want? Like, could uh, you guys each take turns and talk to me and everyone listening about how in the world does spirit dependency and loving your spouse, how do you see those going together? Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go first and then I'll let Steve play cleanup. <laughs> oh. um, you know, honestly, like if, if you have the most successful ministry on the planet, but you lose your spouse or you lose your kids, man, what, what are you doing? And, and there's no way that, you know, if God has knit two hearts together, and I truly believe that husband and wife, man, like when you come together, you're on mission together, you're in ministry together. It doesn't always look like, like for us, like um, it's kind of wild. Like actually last weekend uh, for our online service, that was the first time ever that Sarah came on camera with me. Like she's usually behind the scenes. She's the planner. She's the organizer. I'm the crazy like visionary dreamer guy. And she's the one that like makes sure it all gets done. Right. But yeah, we had we had somebody that wasn't able to make it for our we do a filming up here uh, for our online service. And she was like, I'll jump in and do it. And I was like, and then the other person was like, I can make it. I'm like, nope, you're not. You're, my wife's going to do it with me, you know. So uh, and everybody was so excited, like the text came in over the weekend, like, oh, Sarah was great. And so but I think you have to do ministry together. You got to have fun. Um, you know, in the early years of ministry, you know, like I would be leading worship and Sarah was playing bass in the band. 
And as she, you know, we, as, as we had kids and she was pregnant, like the bass got a little bit further and further from her. And so she's playing like this, you know, and she actually is like playing on her side at one point, but like, just have fun together, do ministry together, find opportunities um, that you guys can grow together. And I think um, as you do that, the intimacy doesn't have to get lost in your marriage. I mean, like, man, Sarah and I have so much fun together on our Sabbath. So Wednesday is my Sabbath day. We do a lunch date every single Wednesday. We pick out different spots in Nashville. We'll read together. We'll go out on our back deck and play play board games. It's so much fun. And, and we do a lot of other stuff, you know, that married couples get to do. But, you know, like you have to have fun and you get to uh, do this thing together. And what better way uh, to do ministry than with your spouse? And so when it comes to hearing the Holy Spirit, like, man, we pray together. We do Bible reading plans together. Um, even it's kind of, it's, this is amazing. I'm so glad we're doing this today because yesterday I started producing another artist in Nashville and Sarah came up to me and she said, I just had this thought. I think it's from the Lord. I think you're supposed to gift this artist with a song. And I'm like, babe, this is how like we make our money. Like, come on. Like, but she was like, no, I, I mean, you don't have to, but I just think. And so of course, like, you know, the artist comes over. I'm like, Hey man, I think we're going to gift you this song. And he's like, thank you so much. I'm like, no, thanks, Sarah. Cause she's the one who heard from God on that. And so, you know, I think those are the moments where it's like, man, like you have to expect your spouse to hear from the Lord. Right. And you have to listen and lean into those moments because they're so special. And so I think, you know, if God's speaking to you, he's going to often resonate that same thing with your spouse. So that's a great sounding board. Um, you know, when it comes to hearing from the Lord, if, if, if they're like, like there's been moments where like, I felt super gung ho about something. And Sarah was like, babe, I just don't, I just don't got a piece about that. And I pull back because I'm like, Hey, if, if it's only going to be half of the equation in this, that's not good enough. You know? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think there's a whole lot I can add to that. That's really good. Curtis. I think the only, the thought that I had as you were talking was there's, there's different passages of scripture kind of woven into some of Paul's teaching and some other places where there is, it's a description of that. The, the relationship of husband and wife is a very holy thing. It's a very sacred thing. And um, the, it, if, if she is not receiving your love, her ability to hear from God begins to be affected by that. And so, wow. and, and, and then the other, the other thought is that two become one so you're, if you want to really mess up your ability to hear from God, stop loving your spouse. You know, that's, that's what that says to me, wow. because she's not going to be able to hear from God. And then that means you're not going to be able to hear from God. And you are so right. I mean, so many times my wife is just, you know, I'm charging along, changing the world. And she just says this simple little thing. And, and I realize, oh, man, God is speaking through her. I need to pay attention. And, um, but if she's not, if she's not receiving your love and your attention and your respect and, and all the things that are wrapped up in that, then it, it, it clogs up the, the channel between God speaking to you. So that's why it's so important, Jason. Yeah. So good. And I think, you know, me personally, I, as a church planter, I remember praying one night, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And I was like, really, you know, do I, do I walk away from this? Do I emerge? Do I, do we do another campaign? Do what, what, what do you want me to do? Anything where, and, and struggling with some of the tensions of church planting. And uh, I just felt that, 
small, still voice to speak and say, love, love your wife, which wasn't the answer I was looking for. And there was no major kid task or, you know, big thing that like, oh, like it wasn't like these huge acts of repentance and that needed to happen, but lots of little ones. And, and I love what you guys are both saying is just learning to hear together the voice of the Holy Spirit and learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through your spouse. Beautiful, beautiful. There is another question on the hub. And if you're just tuning in, I know some of us do jump in uh, whenever we can. And so if welcome, we're talking about cracking the code of 21st century ministry with author Steve Pike uh, and Pastor Curtis Parks and uh, and musician and uh, and and pastor of Bridges Church. And I, I think this was my second question, and, and it literally is the same as the question that came in. So I'm not I'm no, no longer cheating. Uh, but the the question was, what if this concept of spirit dependency and the disciplines and really going out? Okay, let's let's hear from God with what we're doing. What if that's not getting a lot of traction? within our leadership team, within the group. So now we're talking about church leadership. And I think it's, and this is, this is where it parlays with my question, Bridges Nashville, and anyone can go there, right? BridgesNashville.com, the church that you started, the church that you lead is a house church movement. So that, which is a little bit different, which means it's a little less centralized. I know I've not been to Bridges and, and you and I are just meeting, but uh, it's a little less centralized. That is my understanding. So you're kind of dependent on the leadership group also being dependent on the spirit. That's how your whole network works would be my guess. So I think you're the right person to ask how, how can we transfer that spirit dependence, that heart, that culture, that mindset to our leadership teams? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, for us, yeah, we don't have an office, even the venue that we meet in on the first and third Sundays Um, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a bar downtown. So it's not like we have our own place to get everybody in the same room every day and say, Hey, what are you working on today? What are you doing this? So it is a lot of trust. It is a lot of, um, you know, just, Hey man, work on what you, what you need to work on. And I just trust that you're going to get that done. So whether that's planning a worship service or, you know, connecting with all of our house church leaders, uh, I will say this though, like, you know, when you're choosing your staff or you're hiring, man, make sure that they carry the values that you want to see reflected in your leadership. Like there's nobody on my leadership team. There's nobody on the team at Bridges in leadership that doesn't value the Holy Spirit. Like that doesn't have that relationship with the Lord that I don't, like if, I, if I'm questioning, man, is this somebody that like believes that the Holy Spirit can speak and somebody that believes in the voice of God and the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the and they're, if they're not, that doesn't line up with our culture system and our values. So I wouldn't bring them into leadership. But also, you do have to maintain that connection with your leaders. And so we do things like every month we have a prayer and worship night. And so that's a that's a huge rhythm. It's actually coming up this Sunday. So every month we do a prayer and worship night. And man, like that's like our whole like our 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 motto or our vision statement as a church is Bridges Nashville, where God's presence and His people connect where God's presence and his people connect. It's on all of our emails. It's on all of our cards, our mugs, our everything. So people know, like, if there's one thing that Bridges cares about, it's God's presence. And so with all of our leaders, you know, every time I check in with them, we do a weekly staff meeting, you know, it's like, Hey, how are you doing with God? Are you getting with God? Like, what's your prayer life looking like? Like we do devotionals throughout the week on Instagram and it's not just me, it's everybody else. And then I'll do one every couple of weeks or something. But it's like, I want people to hear from different voices because that shows our church, not just KP is listening to the Lord, but our leadership is leaning into the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you can tell there's been moments where like, 
you know, even going back to the national community church days, you know, I was overseeing a worship team. Uh, our worship team had 225 people on it, give or take five or six, you know, so our worship team was like twice the size of our church plant that we have today, you know, like, and, but there's always a moment where, you know, like, man, like they're playing wrong chords or they're singing wrong harmonies. And it's not because of their skill level. It's because something beneath the surface is going on. And so you just kind of pull them aside and say, Hey, I don't just care about your gift. I care about you and your relationship with God. So how does that look right now? Like, and every single time, Jason, they would be like, man, it's not good right now. Or I'm fighting with my wife or I'm, you know, this and that. And it's, it always goes back to a root issue. And so I think whether it's leadership or somebody on your team, just be sensitive to those pings that you get from the Lord. That's like, Hey, check in on so-and-so. Um, and I think if you have that relationship, I mean, my church leaders, they, they hang out at my house, you know, like we have barbecues, we have, so it's not just a Sunday thing for us. And it wouldn't be anyway, cause we're a house church movement. So, but it's like, you know, we do life together. I hate using that phrase cause it's cliche, but man, it's so true. Like we, we eat together. We grab coffee on Tuesdays. We have them over, like they watch our kids, you know, like, so I think having that relationship gives you greater opportunity to speak into their lives and to notice, Hey, are, have you been hearing from the Lord lately? Cause you can just tell. So good. So good. Uh, hey, Curtis, you have just released an album, another album. Hey, yes. And I would love, you know, I'm just curious about like, I know writing a book, I kind of understood what I went through figuring out how I needed to write that book. What was what was going on in your heart that made you realize it's time to put out another album? How does that work for you as a, music, a, a magician, a magician, a musician? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you just got to pull the rabbit out of the hat, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I just released an album. It's an instrumental record. It's all piano, string arrangements. It's it's by far the best musical thing I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, last year obviously hit all of us kind of heavy. And for me, I really dove into like instrumental music. So I have a lot of stuff that's up on like Soundstripe and um, you know, different, different websites where people can get royalty free music. I've, I've been doing instrumental stuff for a while, but last year I just had this desire that I believe was from God to just do an instrumental record that helped people in their prayer and meditation times, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of instrumental stuff out there, but not with the intentionality of being put to prayer. And so I was like, all right, like I, I want to do a soundtrack to prayer. And so uh, my family, we have friends up in Pennsylvania that live off the grid. They have a cabin. It's out on this pond. And so I took my, my piano. I took, uh, I took uh, my computer and my software, and I went out there for three days and just laid it down, man, and uh, came back to Nashville, got some of the best engineers to mix it and master it. And so it's called The Presence of God. It's on Apple Music and Spotify and all that stuff. And, you know, it's pretty interesting I mean, I've been putting music out for a long time. The instrumental stuff has 10, 10 X my influence on Spotify and Apple music. And I think people are just hungry for stuff that they can put on and they don't have to like competing voices. Like they don't have to think about it too much. They can just, it's like an atmosphere of peace and stillness. And so, yeah, it's called the presence of God. It's 15 songs. Uh, I've been getting emails from pastors that are playing it in the background as people walk into church. Um, Earlier this week, somebody used it in a memorial service. Um, somebody used it for a prayer and worship night. 
Um, and I think there's like a documentary coming on, uh, coming out about anxiety and they're using a couple of the tracks in that. So just a really cool reach that it's having. And, and, you know, I'm just a huge believer that when you can meditate to music, um, it just activates something in your spirit. Uh, I think music is one of the greatest gifts that we've been given from God. So, yeah. So you, you literally, you just, I, I you just kind of blew my mind. Cause you said you just went away for three days and you laid down 15 songs were, were, was that like, did you already have those cooking and, and you just kind of put it together or did you just say, okay, Holy spirit, make it happen. How, how, how did that work? Yeah, it's kind of both. And I mean, I've been playing music. I, I'm 39. So I've been playing music for 28 years now. And so we've got a grand piano in our, our, our living room. And I just, every time, you know, when the kids are down in bed, I just, I just plank around on it. And so my iPhone is filled with voice memos. And so going into those three days, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a 15 hour drive or 12 hour drive out there. So I had some ideas and stuff like that. And so the three days were really just putting it all together, not coming up with stuff from scratch, but, you know, weeding out the crappy songs from the good ideas and, and just going off of that. So it was more like just an uninterrupted three days of like, let's get it done. And the cool thing was, I mean, yeah, it's out in the woods of Pennsylvania. I've got a pond in front of me. I've got a kitchen that's stocked with coffee and amazing food. And so I just, man, I'd get up in the morning, spend some time in prayer. And, and then I'd sit at the piano all day and uh, really, really proud of what came out. Uh, excited about just how God's already using it. And I was really pumped that the the title, The Presence of God, hadn't been taken by any album out there. So I was like, okay, that's amazing. Like, so yeah. That's cool. Uh, so good. And uh, man, Curtis, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, Steve, thanks for telling uh, the story of Curtis and so many others in your book. If you don't have this, Highly recommended. Um, I, I love it. Uh, we've got a free download of chapter 12. If you're like, I don't want to buy the whole book, but you just want to talk about spirit reactivating spirit dependence, then you can download the PDF of chapter 12 today. The link will be in uh, in the chat here on the hub. Uh, we've got a couple other tools and link to obviously Bridges Nashville and uh, and your work, uh, the presence of God on Spotify and Apple. Uh, we'll get those links out there. Curtis, thank you. We've also got uh, nextwave.community slash tools. There's a calculator, Steve, that talks about spiritual conversations like the spirit leads us into with people in our community that will talk about more than just how do we get a bunch of people in a room, but I'll talk about how those spiritual conversations work. You can actually pl plug in how many spiritual conversations you're having each week. What does that mean for the rest of your ministry? Uh, you can go to nextwave.community slash tools. Conversations like this are happening every single week, live, very interactive. Everyone's live inside of your platform, Steve, Next Wave community. Uh, and if you go to nextwave.community slash exponential, you can uh, have a free month at that community and check, please check it out. I'm in there. I love it. Uh, Curtis, we need to talk to you more inside uh, that community as well. Uh, also, one of, you mentioned some spiritual disciplines, uh, the office. Uh, you mentioned uh, scripture before phone, I think is, uh, you know, uh, those are ones that another resource that we've recommended on this 
uh, this podcast, uh, which is the JesusXP.com. Uh, it's a project myself and a few others have been a part of over the last couple of years. Uh, JXP, if you go to the JesusXP.com, you can download framework for reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts in community with others. And each, each week, each of the, the framework has some of the spiritual disciplines, even that you mentioned, Curtis, like the office or prayer of examine or Sabbathing and just some really great habits, right? Uh, rhythms that we talked about at the beginning of this hour that I think will help us position us to hear from God more, right? As we read the words of Jesus together in community. That's the JesusXP.com. But uh, but really, 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 thank you so much. Uh, we're going to wrap here in about two minutes. Steve, any anything else? Uh, last uh, parting thought. This is it. Episode 12. All right. We've walked through all 12 chapters. Uh, myself and Steve, thank you for those that have been a part of uh, this entire conversation. But Curtis, any, any other shout outs? Anybody that can connect with you? And uh, man, we'd love to have a, a last word from you. Yeah, I mean, I love connecting with church planners and pastors and leaders, and you can find me on everything that's out there except Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Um, but yeah, just Curtis with a K, Curtis Parks on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And my email is just kp at bridgesnashville.com if there was any questions you had that I couldn't get to today. But man, I, I love this topic. I love uh, talking about just depending on the Holy Spirit. I think in the days that we live in, man, if we're not hearing from God, the church is in a lot of trouble. Uh, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe leaders everywhere are tuning in their voices and tuning in their hearts and their ears to hear from the Lord. And so, man, I'm excited about that. Thanks for having me on. Love you guys. Love Steve. Uh, he's been a huge voice in my life and a, a mentor. And uh, man, we just love what you guys are doing. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah. So Thanks, cool. Curtis. Yeah, it's, thank it's you. A- Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate your kind words. And uh, I just want to say the last thing I, I, I want to finish where we started. And that is, if you are start trying to start a church without spirit dependency, then whatever you do will not be the church. So that's yeah. why this is so important. Yeah, so good. And again, uh, thank you for being a part of this, both of you, uh, all the Exponential team. Um, But if you've been watching and this has added value at all and you want to continue to lean into this conversation, again, I'll give the the call to action one more time. If you go to nextwave.community slash Exponential, there's a free month for you to lean in to more conversations like this happening on the Next Wave platform. Uh, But I'm Jason Bowman, and uh, this has been uh, Cracking the Code of 21st Century Ministry, author Steve Pike, Curtis Parks, thank you so much. Exponential, thank you so much.